Welcome to Fountain Springs Online. At Fountain Springs, we believe in showing unconditional love, irrational generosity, and being unwavering in our mission to show people who Jesus is. We are one church in multiple locations that exists to help grow and guide your relationship with Jesus. We are so glad you've joined us today, and we hope that we can encourage, challenge, and support you in your walk with Jesus. Feel free to join us this coming weekend at any of our locations and services, or call or email us so we can help you in any way. We are so glad that you've joined us today at Fountain Springs Online. Now let's turn our attention to this week's message. If this is uh, your first week with us, we've been talking about miracles, and I don't know if you believe in them or not. I hope you do. Uh, they happen for real. They're legit. Not just movie things, not just something that religion's made up. They're, they're real. And we've been talking about the different kinds because I think you and I oftentimes wonder, at least privately, does God still do what he used to do, at least what's in the Bible. Does God still do that stuff? And there's even, there's even teaching out there, that it's, it's bad teaching, that, that says, no, he kind of stopped. He stopped doing that stuff. And no, there's too much, too much evidence that he still does miracles. If, if you're new to the Bible, there's different types of miracles. Let, let me show you, for those of you who love lists, here you go. Here's a list. And, and we've been going through this list systematically. Some of you are like, oh, it just feels so good to go through a list. Uh, the, the miracle of deliverance, we talked about that. Miracle of healing, miracle of protection, miracle of provision. So if you're wondering, well, where are we at? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. Miracle of protection. The miracle that you have probably prayed, God, would you protect so-and-so? Maybe, maybe it was just before uh, a trip. Maybe it was as, as you were leaving them for college, and you're going, please, Lord, intervene in this kid. But most of us understand this miracle, or at least we, we crave it. God, would you, would, would you block for this person? Would you, would you surround this person? We all have different maybe wording. Would you put a hedge of protection around this person? God, would you intervene from heaven into earth and protect this person, right? Most of us are like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
And in fact, if you live long enough, there's those moments that someone is protected. You're like, I have no explanation for this. Now, sometimes we'll say that's a coincidence, and sometimes we'll say that was God. There's a family in our church, uh, several daughters, and not super long ago, one of them and a friend got into their vehicle, heading on I-90 West, coming into town to grab some lunch. There was construction, and the construction was leading the vehicles, as many of us have experienced before, almost to a complete stop. On I-90, that's a big deal, right? Well, they came to nearly a complete stop. The problem was the truck behind them did not, uh, just wasn't paying attention, and the truck just smashed into the vehicle. Uh, I'll show you the pictures. They're kind of shocking. When you're, when you're picturing an interstate, a collision at approximately 55 to 65 miles per hour, that's the front of it, and I don't know, if, I mean, if you can fully tell, you can see the lights, that's the back of the vehicle. The two girls, there were, there were two people, one in the driver's seat, one in the passenger seat. They left the, the accident without any major injuries. Which you look at that and you're like, hmm, that's incredible. Some of you are like, what's the brand of that car? I'm buying my kids that car if it's able to save their life. And I think that's legitimate. Like, what, what is that? I want that. And <clears throat> can I just say that most of us think that I just described to you the miracle? And perhaps I did. Perhaps that is the miracle. But I left some information out. Another daughter and her friend we're supposed to be in that back seat. And three hours before going, decided to babysit that day instead. And some would also say, oh, because as you see, I'm not sure that I would have good news to tell you had there been people in the back seat of that vehicle. That's where you and I go, oh my, I mean, I've, I've, talked, to the, I've talked to the dad. He's like, miracle? Like, God protect. God protected not only his daughter and friend like in the car, but w- what about the daughter and her friend who, who didn't take the trip? Who like, oh, well, that was just by chance that she needed to then go babysit. They were all had planned to go, and that was, no, no, maybe, maybe it was God. The miracle of protection going, I, I'm going to keep people out of the backseat of that vehicle. It's amazing. It's like if you look at it and you're like, I'm not going to be skeptical. That's a miracle of protection. The problem is you and I have heard stories of that and we've heard stories the opposite, right? Where it appears as though the prayers of God protect or it just didn't appear like he, he was around. Uh, I can give you a church story. If you don't know this, in 2016... We arrived on a Sunday morning at the West location, and someone had spent the evening burglarizing the West location. They broke in, broke glass, and I, I remember showing up, I mean, church. It's a, it's a church building. If you're going to take things from people, typically we keep churches off the list of things that 
we're going to do. And I went through and took a lot. Even led to, we we had to cancel the services at the West location. And you better believe Pastor David was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know why you didn't keep this from happening. I mean, I, I, I'm just giving you my, I had very honest conversations with God going, so this is your thing. We're gathering to worship you. Why didn't you do something, give them a flat tire on the way over? Why didn't you do it? Perhaps you've got even more severe stories I do too of where someone's life was lost. I mean, when you think about God protecting, walk it into your life. I mean, I, when we drop the kids off for school, I always pray with them. If I'm the one dropping them off, I'm like, hey, we're praying, and Katie does the same. And part of it is, like, God, would you protect the kids today and, and, and send them off, and, and we'll pick them up, and one of them will have a broken heart that day, right? I'm like, wait a minute, God, I asked you to, I asked you, I asked you to protect my kid, and they're crying right now. And I want to go hurt someone, and that's I'm not supposed to. And you ever have those? Where, or maybe, maybe you ask God, would you protect me today? And you did get into a car accident, and it did hurt you really bad. And you're like, I asked God to do something. Do you see the tension that exists in this miracle of protection? So, so when we get to the end, I'm going to show you a prayer. I'm going to show you a prayer that I think is a great prayer. To speak to God, because he still does the miracle of protection. I have story after story, and you probably do too. He still protects people, but here's what we got to deal with for the majority of this sermon. Uh, our version of protection is skewed. Our version, <laughs> just so you know, our version of protection, I think, is different than God's version. And uh, his version is right. See, see, when you and I say, God, would you protect me or them? I wonder what you're thinking when you ask God to do something of protection. To help us get to where we need to go, let me show you some stuff in the Bible. The Lord replies, I have seen violence done to the helpless. If you're wondering, does God see what's going on on this planet? Yes. I've seen violence done to the helpless and I have heard the groans of the poor. Now I will rise up to rescue them as they have longed for me to do. As they have longed for me to do. I just want you to see the fact that this wasn't a one day, one moment thing. They're longing. And the word now just frustrates me. I don't know if it ever frustrates you. God, would you do this? God, would you do this? God, would you do this? He's aware of it. And there appears to be some times where he's like, all right, now I will. And you're like, wait, but it's been hurting. The violence done to the helpless? He intervenes, and it appears, I just want you to see, there appears to be some time that has passed. Do you see that? Some time has passed. Some issues have con continued. And I think maybe their prayers have been like, we, we hope you're still hearing us. Oh, we need to amp this up. I thought you might want to do that, so let's do that. <clears throat> we are pressed on every side by troubles. Yay! Some of you are about to think, you're like, your life is about to be described in the Bible. We are pressed 
on every side by troubles. But we're not crushed. We are perplexed. Not driven to despair, though. We are hunted down. Most of us have not experienced this today, but we are hunted down but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering. Are you just so encouraged right now? (laughs) Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger, yay, of death, because we serve Jesus. So the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we will live in the face of death. But this has resulted in eternal life for you. It appears as though following Jesus is not always fun. Huh? I know there's some sermons out there and be like, hey, you follow Jesus and it's smooth the rest of your life. <clears throat> no. There's problems. These are, these are Christians saying these words going, hey, we love Jesus, we serve Jesus, and life is miserable. I'm just trying to get at that, that when you think, when you think in your head, God, would you protect me? What are you thinking? And our culture has shifted. Our, our view of stuff has shifted. And I, I'm going to make an observation. This is not straight from the Bible. This is, frankly, something I think we just need to admit. Our need for protection has become an infatuation with safety. And I think right now, as we pray to God, God, would you protect so-and-so? What we're thinking, and it's not wrong. I, God, would you make sure no cuts happen? No broken bones ever happen? Can we just go at it? God, would you make sure no one has pain? Our need for protection has become, a, we're, we're consumed, infatuated with safety. And our version of God protecting us, if he's going to truly do the miracle, then we're thinking, then we come out unscathed. Fully with all the energy we would ever need. Happy smiles on our faces. And it doesn't necessarily mix with the verse I read to you about suffering. About being perplexed. About struggling. And in fact, you're, if you're willing to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. It, what, what's, what happens then? Does God protect? Yeah. But we got to go out. I'm going to tell you a story. The story of two two of my uh, heroes, uh, Paul and Silas. Paul's the main character. In this story, they're on their way to pray. I mean, when you're thinking about, what am I going to do with my day today? I'm going to go pray. You're thinking, I'm pretty sure God's happy with this, and he's going to watch out for me all day long. I'm going to pray. In fact, you might even post it online. Guess what I'm about to go do? I'm about to go pray. Everyone just think I'm cool. So they go, they didn't have social media in the Bible times. I know that just you might want to write that note down just so you're aware of this. And so they're, they're on their way to pray. And as on their way to pray, they encounter a demon-possessed girl. It gets even more toxic. This demon-possessed girl is being used. She's a slave. She's a slave owned by some masters who stand off by the side And she goes around telling people their fortunes. Just 
saying what's going to happen in their future and what's going on in their lives. Well, Paul and Silas are on their way to pray, and they, they pass by her. Well, she pipes up. She starts going, oh, hey, look, who, look who's here. Well, Paul and Silas, uh, they're, they're going to tell you about how to be saved. They're going to tell you about how to have your sins forgiven. And, and she, she, I guess she gets so annoying, for lack of better words, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, gets so annoying, Paul's like, fine. Demon, get out of her. I'm, again, paraphrasing, and that's what happens. This, this girl who's demon-possessed and a slave, Paul casts the demon out of her. You might think, well, good job, Paul. On his way to pray, good job for the day. Oh, and you cast the demon out? I think you win for the day. Good job. The problem is the masters are mad because now they don't have a slave they can make money off of. In fact, they're so, they're so mad that they're about to lose money now. They stir things up. Now, I don't want you forgetting who Paul and Silas are. They're men on the way to pray, casting a demon out, following Jesus. And it went nuts. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. A mob. They're mad. And the city officials ordered them stripped. I mean, can you imagine the shame? Can you imagine the shame being in front of city officials and other people just out and about? There's a mob now, and they've stripped you naked and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten. I, I love how that's put it, just so you know it wasn't just like, a, like one swat on the shoulder. They were severely beaten. What we know historically, what they're saying is, they were beaten enough to not die. But just barely. And then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. If you've missed the visualization, this is, here's what's going on. They start their day going, we're going we're to spend all day long doing things for God. All of a sudden, they've been stripped naked, beaten nearly to death, put into a dungeon, put into stocks, and now they sit on a dungeon floor in their own blood. Would you not be going, where are you at? Would you not be like crying out to God like, we were going to pray and we cast the demon out and this, this, is, this is where we are? Here's my observation. Protection can be painful. And many of us don't want that to be true. That while God's doing a miracle of protection in your life, specifically your own life, you need to know that you can still at the exact same time experience pain. And I think we maybe call us Americans, whatever you want to do. I think we've, we've bought a lie that if God truly protects you, you don't experience pain. It's just not true. And in fact, the older you get <laughs> and the more mature you get, you look at some of the pain that you've encountered in life and say, wow, if I had not encountered that pain, I'm afraid of who I'd be. In fact, I look back at my own life, breakups, rejections, failures, regrets, all that kind of stuff. And I'm not sure, not that God wanted me to do bad stuff and not that God wanted other people to do bad stuff to me, but I look at that and say, I don't think I, don't think I would have the character that I have now had I been a, lived a pain-free life. And I know most of us say, well, I, I, I don't want a pain-free life. 
Well, you probably want 99.9%. And before we get to saying, God, would you protect me? Would you protect my kids? Would you protect my business? Would you protect? Before we get there, we got to have reality checks along the way, okay? And it can be painful. Let me show you a second one, and I'm going to get to this more, but our problems are not a sign that God is gone. I think that's another lie that we buy, that if you encounter a problem, specifically that's called the problem pain, if you encounter an issue, many of us believe, well, God must be busy somewhere else. He must be, you know, he's a hard worker, must be doing some things elsewhere. And and many of us, we, we buy this idea that in the midst of a major problem, he's not, not around. I've learned something through my kids. See, uh, when there's a storm, specifically the loud ones, whether it be hail or hail or lots of hail or really big hail or thunder, our youngest ones, within about 60 seconds, maybe 30 seconds if if I timed it, quickly, quickly, they are next to us. If it's in the middle of the night, they're in the room, Freaking us out when you wake up to a face staring you right by your face. You're like, oh my, oh my. Right? You, you know, you, if it's during the day, I mean, there's like, they converge. They'll stop doing things they love to converge. And you know what my kids have never asked me to do? Hey, Dad, would you stop this storm? They've never asked me. Because all they want to do is what? Be with me. And I want to be with them. And I want you to know that if you're currently facing a problem right now, that you're begging God to protect you. He's with you. He's not walked away. He wants to be with you. That in the midst of your issue or in the midst of your trial, that does not mean that he has gone off somewhere. And in fact, I would go so far, and a good preacher always gives you three. (laughs) God has a plan for your problem. Now, before you let this go too far, every problem in this world is not created by God. Don't always look at, 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 I got this issue, so God must be super ecstatic that I'm going through this. No. No. But just like how a good, a good system in government has a good natural disaster plan, right? You got a good, good natural, you're supposed to at least, have a good natural disaster plan. That doesn't mean that when the plan was created, that that caused the natural disaster. We're all like, oh, okay, yes, I get that. You, get, you understand that. What I'm trying to help you understand is that you might have a problem. You will have a problem if you don't already have a problem. And God has a plan. It doesn't mean that God force that into your life. It means he allowed it. But it doesn't mean he caused it. And no matter what is in your life, God has a plan to use it. I wonder if you're willing to let the plan play out. There's another story in the Bible. This kid was hated by his brothers. He had lots of brothers. And I would say, based on what we read in the Bible, this kid named Joseph was pretty arrogant when he was young. He gloated a little bit about some favoritism. The brothers decided that they were going to fake his death, they were going to kill him, then they decided to sell him off into slavery. 
He's not done anything that worth, is worth him being sold off into slavery. He's sold off into slavery, sent to a foreign land. He then works in a home as a slave, not because he's done anything wrong. In that home, he's accused of rape. He didn't rape the woman. She just accused him. He doesn't win that argument. He's eventually thrown into prison. In prison, he's betrayed by multiple people. So far, you're like, man alive. Sold into slavery, accused of rape, thrown into prison, betrayed in prison. When do you give up, right? When do you just say, God must hate me and not want to protect me? Well, he didn't do that. Eventually, he gets a chance to interpret a dream. He's standing in front of the leader of the nation. And the leader of the nation is like, uh, I need your help. Joseph eventually puts together a famine disaster plan given to him by God. And he institutes this incredible moment of saving millions of people's lives. Started off being sold into slavery, being accused of rape, going to prison, and being betrayed over and over again. Eventually, he stands in front of his brothers who sold him into slavery. What would you say? Oh, I got a list. What would you say if you had the authority to kill them? Look what he did. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. What? Maybe I would have eventually landed on that. God intended it all for good. Doesn't mean God did it. He may have. But he had a plan. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. He was being modest. Millions. Before we get into this powerful miracle of protection, you and I need a good perspective of protection. And I was afraid, not like afraid like I'm going to run and, and hide somewhere. I was afraid that you and I would land on, oh, I'm going to pray that God protects me and that we would leave with an expectation that God protects me. That means I have a pain-free life the rest of my life. No, it's not true. You will have pain. And God will not leave you, and he has a plan. So let me show you a story. Around midnight, it's always the middle of the night, man. You know? Not when you're like, so God, it's, it's about 10 a.m. I think it's good. It's good. I feel good. I've had my coffee. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Don't miss the fact that in the midst of your problem, other people are listening. It's a powerful moment. I don't know what you've been doing in the midst of your problem. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know what I do. And I have moments of self-pity. I don't know if you ever go to self-pity. Hmm, spend some time there. Sometimes you yell at God. Some of, some of us abandon God. Some of us, we just do a lot of things. Can we, can we admit that in the midst of our problems, we have a tendency to not be uh, all that we want to be? That, that's probably maybe the nicest way to say it. So what should we do? If, if God's going to protect us, but also we're going to experience pain, what do, what do we do in that time frame? I'm so glad that you asked because we just got some evidence of it. 
according, according to Paul and Silas, sitting in their blood, sitting in stocks, sitting in a dungeon. Hmm. Maybe we sit in the presence of God. Maybe what you and I should do when we're crying out for a miracle of protection, maybe we should make sure that we don't neglect this moment of sitting in the presence of God. What have you been doing in the midst of your problem? I mean, here's an observation again, don't get offended. It's just, it's David talking. Too many of us are running when we should be sitting. Too many of us, when problems happen, we run away from our small group. We're like, I don't got time for that right now. I got some problems. Too many of us, when we have an issue, a big deal, we don't even pray to God for protection. We just start to solve in our own ways. We just go for, well, I feel this, and this seems right, and, and we run towards our own solutions. Some of us, when we have problems, we run from church. Some of us, when we have problems, when life gets expensive, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Huh, I bought an oven this week. Buying ovens is as fun as buying brakes. Neither are fun. But when life gets expensive, we have a tendency to run away from being generous to God. Is this not all of us? We have this tendency to, to not sit in the presence of God. And if you're like, but I don't feel it. I totally understand that. You ever have those days where you're just like, I don't, I don't feel like talking to God. I don't feel like praying to God. I don't feel like singing to God. I don't, I don't feel any of this stuff. Hmm. Let me show you something. For this world is not our permanent home, in case you were questioning that. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Do you ever consider that there are times that the praise we offer God is not necessarily a felt, like, I'm so excited to be here and to say this and I feel all of these emotions. Have you ever considered that sometimes it just needs to be a sacrifice? Sometimes it just needs to be like, I am going to bring this to God. I am going to sit with God. I don't feel it. I mean, is it that big of a deal, really? Really? Is it that big of a deal that in the midst of our issues, crying out to God for protection, is it that big of a deal to pray to him? Is it that big of a deal to sing? Is it that big of a deal to gather as a church and community? Yes. Here's what I'm learning. Never underestimate your need to abide. Never, ever, 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 one more ever, ever, underestimate your need to abide. God's been bringing that word to me a lot lately, abide. So, I've studied it. It means to continue without fading. To continue, not just show up. Continue without fading. Never underestimate your need to continue your time with God without fading off. And all of us, including your pastor, 
fights the temptation of fading a bit, pulling it down just a little bit because life happens. (laughs) So now that I think we're ready to look at a miracle of protection, here's how it goes. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake. Yeah, you know, just a coincidence. And the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. That's when you're like, answered prayer, get out. Right? I mean, you're already wounded and you've struggled, but you've been, remember they were praying and singing and I guarantee you those prayers were like, Uh, Get us out, get us out, get us out. We're going to sing now, get us out, get us out, get us out. All of a sudden, earthquake happens. Shackles are released. Run. Because isn't that what we think, right? That God's miracle of protection is to get us out of our prison, right? Look what they did. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. You're like, that seems intense. Well, he was going to be killed if they found out that the prisoners escaped. But Paul shouted to him, stop. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. I I thought the miracle of protection was to get me out of my prison. Hmm, Maybe not. Jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? The miracle of protection. What's your version? Does it include being beaten nearly half to death slammed into a dungeon and shackled down to where you can't move? Probably not. Eventually, God would free them out in a legit way out of that prison. Uh, The jailer you you saw gave his life to Jesus. So did his family. (laughs) Do not think that your problem is something that God has abandoned you from and left and like, you, you deal with that. You should pray for protection. I believe that's what Paul and Silas were doing. I really believe it. I believe when it says that they were praying, it was not like, hey God, would you? No, I think it was like crying out, would you, would you save us from this? It doesn't mean you fake it and be like, we loved it. No, they probably hated it. But so many of us in the midst of our pain and our problems think God's not protecting us, but he's got this plan to not just save us from situations, but perhaps to save other people. So I wrote a prayer. It's, it's, it's not some secret prayer or some rabbit's foot thing, but I thought maybe, maybe we don't all have the words for what we would talk to God about for the miracle of protection. So here's just a version. Here's, here's David's version. I serve you, God. I think that's important to talk as you engage God. And you're like, I want you to, I want you to protect me, but I want you to understand before, before I even go after this, I serve you. You don't serve me. I serve you. 
I want your will to be done today. I don't always love praying that. When I am pressed and perplexed, protect me. When I get knocked down, protect me. Whatever happens to me, protect me and use it for your glory. From my best understanding of the miracle of protection, that's a more mature, healthy thing to talk to God about. Yes, God, protect me, but I'm cool with whatever you do from now on. I hope you pray for your kids, your family, your coworkers, your businesses, your schools, your nation. But understand God's version of protection is better than ours. It's better than ours. Let me pray for you. God, I think this is a miracle that we want God, but it's tough as you work it out. So Lord, I pray for every one of us. Lord, would you protect our homes? Would you protect our workplaces? God, would you, would you send angels to get evil away? God, would you bring blessing and favor into the lives of the homes represented here, the families, the people? God, would you intervene and step in and protect and God, would you help us as you are protecting us? Would you help us to abide in you, to rest in you? God, you are good and you are amazing and we love you. Thank you. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for not leaving us. Thank you for your love. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.